What up, guys? I just want to say to you guys, um, thank you guys for the support. And thank you guys for the love that you guys have been giving me. And before we get this show started, I would just like to say to those that are struggling, that are you know hurting, that are struggling through their obstacles in their life right now, that you're not alone. That there is people out there that is willing to listen to you. I know for myself, I like to carry a lot of hurt inside. And I just want you guys to be better, to to um, take something out of this episode. So with that, I've did my research and these guys are not a sponsor, but they're called better help. And when you reach out to them, they'll, you know, match you up with the therapist and that will give you the help that you need. So um, I just like to put that out there and give you guys that support as well. So much love to you guys and stay safe. Let's get this show on the road. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Classic Wolf Podcast. I have a very special guest with us today. He is a fitness advocate. He is the one and only Mr. Tim Johnson. What's going on, Robin? This is a uh, Big Tim Warriors United, aka the Comanche Warrior. What's how you doing, brother? Good, man. How you been, bro? We're doing good, man. Doing good. Just uh, you know, trying trying to trying to stay uh, in the gym, trying to stay trying to stay cool. It's been hot like crazy. Yeah, yeah man. I can see you just sweating bullets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Um, Mr. Tam, man, can you tell my uh, listeners uh, what you do and your whole fitness thing that's going on right now? Well, what I do is um, I teamed up with a friend of mine. His name is uh, Big T Talkway. Mm-hmm. He's the owner of uh, Strong Strong Warriors, and um, what we do is we travel from uh, tribe to tribe, and we put on these fitness events, lifting yeah. events for uh, different tribes, and um, you know they're they're really cool. We challenge them to step up and do deadlift, bench press, and squat, and things like that. And um, uh, it's it's always fun to see different people um, participate and come out and and. Uh, just show love, you know, and it's, it, there's always a, a surprise winner and there's always somebody that the tribes never heard of that comes out and just uh, surprises everybody. So um, it's always a good thing to see, you know, all these tribes, they treat us very well. Mm-hmm. Um, before I got with T, I, I had a group of, called Wars United. That's my company right here at Wars United. I'm the founder and owner of it. Hell yeah! And we used to travel around and do uh, do different things. We I had a group of people, and um, you know, due to certain circumstances and COVID, we just everyone just kind of lost touch. Yeah. But basically, what we do is just fitness advocates for people, you know, across Native America. Mm. Yeah, man, that sounds fucking dope, dude. So, uh, what got you into fitness? Um, to be honest, um. I used to always dabble a little bit, but, mm-hmm. um, 
when I went to I went to Haskell. I played uh, college basketball for a little bit at Haskell, and they got me into weights. Mm. So uh, I started uh, working out a lot. I had a uh, Vince uh, Vince Cato. Shout out to Vince. Uh, he he's a Muscogee tribe. He used to train us in uh, in weights and stuff, and he just really got me hooked in it. Mm. And then uh, I got out of uh, college, and then I got into MMA. And I um, I won down here in Lawton in the cage, um, the, the heavyweight division. And then um, after that, got into jiu-jitsu. Then uh, when I was in jiu-jitsu, I, I got into – I had a divorce. Mm. And I really kind of went downhill. And um, I ran into this gentleman named C.T. Fletcher. Shout out C.T. Fletcher. Um, and I just kind of got into what he was doing. He, you know, watching his videos was really inspiring to me and it kind of helped me get out of my depression shell. And, um, you know, after getting, getting, I went to visit him. I was the first native to go train with him and, and compete his work, uh, complete his workouts in, um, the, uh, in uh, Long Beach. So, um, hopefully you could drop a link in the bottom to one of my videos with him. Oh yeah. I will. And, uh, it's called, um, Thing. It's, what is it called? it's been a while i use old warpath warpath i apologize it's been some years and i was able to be in his movie as well uh ct fletcher my magnificent my magnificent obsession mm. so um you know just uh watching his videos and it helped me get out of my depression i really started getting into the the just being a straight up iron head you know just being in the gym and it's changed my life completely complete 180 from what i used to be yeah shit man i remember like watching uh one of uh, ct flesher's um videos and mm-hmm. you were doing like a thousand gauntlet or something yeah yeah definitely that, that's one of the videos i did and um well see the the reason i did the thousand reps okay so mm-hmm. i'm going there all these monsters there's monsters there's nothing but hogs over there i'm talking heathens mm-hmm. and i couldn't I can't bench 500 plus pounds. I can't deadlift seven, 800 pounds. I can't squat six, 700 pounds. That's what everyone's doing over there. So I told myself, what can I do to separate myself apart from all these big monsters? Yeah. So that's when I decided to uh, do the, the thousand rep gauntlet because mm-hmm. um, just doing one set of that, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's hell. So I figured um, I've watched his videos and I've watched every single big guy struggle. So I, I kind of practiced a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I practiced just a tad and um, I got myself ready for that. And um, I just went down there and I, and I showed him, you know, that my warrior spirit couldn't be broken. And, you know, it was awesome. It, it was hard. It wasn't easy. If you watch that video, you'll see on the third set when I got up, my arm kind of gave out. So um, I had to really, really push through and dig deep. And it's so different when the camera's on you, when you, cause there was about three or four cameras going and everyone was live Yeah, and it's, it's a lot of pressure. So, you know, if I didn't, if I would have failed, it wouldn't have just been for the Comanches. It would have been for every native across America. So every time I go there, I represent for all natives. I don't just represent for myself. Mm. So, um, and it was it was a great achievement, and nobody's been able to beat that since. 
I've had many people challenge me and not one person has completed five. And if they have, it wasn't at that weight. Yeah. So um, it's, it's a pretty good accomplishment for me. I've been able to do that. And um, I, I also took a bunch of natives with me and, and let them get a chance to shine. So that, that was, that was good. I, every time I go, I always take somebody with me. Mm. just to kind of give them try to put them on you know that's always been me i've always trying to tried to help people because i'm not the biggest i'm not the most in shape guy but um the ct fletcher video really put my name out there yeah and um i was able to help a lot of people and um help people get their name out there so that made me feel really good to get 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 help other people get their name out yeah and um my wars united gear I've sold, I've sent shirts to Canada, Brazil, Russia. You know, my, my brand speaks for itself. I haven't got 20 different designs. This is the first design. Actually, this is only the second design. The first one had CT's face on it, but I had to take it off, you know, because uh, out of respect for him, you know, I couldn't make money off his likeness. Yeah. So we, we this is the, the, after the first one, those were like, there's only like six of those made. You'll never see those again. Mm. And um, so we had this one. I've never changed the design. I've never changed anything. And it still sells like hotcakes. I could buy 50 shirts tonight and they'll be gone tomorrow. That's just how fast they go. And uh, a, a lot of it is just, just the love and support, man. And mm-hmm. not a lot of people know this out there. But if you look right here real close, you can see my our Comanche Nation symbol. Okay. And And I have... I have people of all different colors wearing that. So that was my way of, of sneaking my, my tribe in there. Yeah. And to be honest, there's people from my tribe who's wore the shirt and didn't even know that that was on there. So that, you know, that was my way of getting, um, you know, sneaking a little bit of, of native love in there. Cause nobody knows really that Wars United is a native owned company. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people do. People think I work for somebody, but no, I'm the owner and operator. I mean, I like your brand, dude. I mean, I like your your um, your logo. It's very yeah, it's, unique, it's man. Yeah, it's been the, the same one. Me and uh, me and a buddy of mine, uh, Intertribal Visions, uh, Travis Komachi, we sat down because um, um, well, how this this started was when I was going to see CT Fletcher for the first time, and um, it was me and my son and a and a friend of mine, uh, Asan Five. He's no longer with us. And um, we went down there and I wanted to make a shirt that represented us as warriors. And we went down to see him and their warriors. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, what could we call this? What could we call this? Because at the time, uh, my buddy's company was Native Strong. So we just couldn't think of a name. And I looked at my buddy, Travis, I said, Warriors United. And then that was it. Boom. That's how we got started. And so uh, we we put this logo together. This guy right here, we we put it together, and um, we did the in the back. I don't know if if I can show you the back real quick. Can you see the back there? Is that a good good picture? Yeah, I can see it. Okay. And that's uh, yeah, as iron as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another, and. Um, it's actually a Bible verse, but I didn't put the verse on there because a lot of people, you know, somebody's going to get offended. Mm-hmm. And then, so I just kind of left it off. But if you're, you know, some people uh, understand what that means. 
But that's how Warriors United got started. And then when I went down and did that and I came back, everyone was like, man, I need one of those shirts. I need one of those shirts. I need one of those shirts. So I told C.T. Fletcher that everyone wanted one of my shirts. And he tells me, uh, well, you know, I, I think you should take my, my head off. Um, so I, you know, cause I had a picture of his head on the original one. So I, I took it off, you know, I had a respect for him. I understand why he did, you know, he didn't want me making money off him and I wasn't really trying to. Yeah. And then that's when we came up with this design. So, um, yeah, it was, it was cool, man. It was, uh, the first video was two hours of pain. <laughs> he let me rest four times in two hours. It was, it was just it was tough, but I knew if I quit, like I said, every time I go there, I represent all the natives, not just myself. So if I quit, then I, then, you know, everybody quit. Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit of extra push. It's a little extra, you know, just the extra, extra gumption to go harder. Yeah. Cause when I first saw you, I remember seeing you like on, um, this one, uh, girl's, uh, Instagram, uh, and she was with you over in uh, the gathering. Was it Gathering Nations? You yeah, the Gathering of Wellness. That's a that's another group of of ours. Yeah, she was over was there working Andrea? out with you. Um, I think her name was something strong. Um, Tso strong or something. Oh, like. strong. Yeah, that's Andrea. So oh, okay, shout out Andrea. So um, that's funny that you brought that up because um, I, I have another friend. His name's uh, Dietrich. Mm-hmm. And um, he um, he has a, another company. And um, I think Fly. <laughs> and um, we wanted to, uh, I think it's, dang, I can't even think right now. My mind went blank. Um, we wanted to uh, to get like this big, uh, this big um like an expo almost like a fitness expo during the gathering of nations yeah that was our 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 goal that's what we wanted to do so um we um between him and and my company we sponsored the whole thing and we brought in these athletes uh top level athlete you know well-known athletes from across america and we brought them there to uh, albuquerque and mm. uh, to athletics and aesthetics gym um and the guy was nice enough to let us come in and, and do our thing. And we, anyway, we brought people in and we spent like 20 minutes per group. Um, just, just, you know, sharing our knowledge with the people, you know? Yeah. And it was, it was a great turnout. It was, it was definitely something to see. And um, we had one set up for the next year and we had CT Fletcher coming. I mean, we had all these big things coming and then boom, COVID hit. Oh man! So when COVID things happened for me, you know, personally, you know, um, me and you know me and me and my wife, we we just deteriorated. Yeah, uh, mentally, physically, emotionally, uh, spiritually, just we just turned into two different people, mm. and um, I lost track of everybody. You know, I I I turned my pages off. I gave Wars United up to save my family. And unfortunately, I couldn't save it. Yeah. So when COVID starts to come around and I, um, you know, people are calling me. He's like, Tim, where are you? Where are you at? And I didn't know that 
I helped people that much. I didn't know that people missed me. You know, I was in such a state of depression that it was, it was, it was awful. You know, COVID, COVID almost killed me in a way, you know, in a way, a piece of me died during COVID. Mm. And it was, it was, it was, it was awful, awful time for me. Um, Horrible time. I wish it never happened. Yeah. But out of the dust, you know, when everything settled, the fire, the sickness after out of everything, I'm still here. You know, Warriors United came back. Um, unfortunately, I don't have anybody from the original group still with me. Um, I'm sure if I called them, they would jump back on. But for now, I'm just trying to focus on getting the brand where I want it again. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, trying to get my, my life together now. You know, I have a, uh, I, a single father with five kids. Mm. And... Um, so it's it's tough, you know what I mean? It's yeah. tough. I have a girlfriend who helps me, but still yet, yeah, man, it's it's tough, you know, it's tough on the kids and it's tough on everything. Mm, man. Man, that's too bad to hear about that, dude. Yeah, man, it um it was crazy, man. Uh COVID just really it really changed a lot of people's lives. Yeah. I mean, it changed my life like a lot cuz I've talked about this on the show that I'm a COVID survivor. Like I almost lost yeah. my life to COVID. Really? And yeah, dude, like I'm glad, I'm glad that I'm here now. And, um, because of COVID, I thought about a lot of things of, um, mm-hmm. like you, when you have COVID, um, and you're in the hospital and you have all these tubes stuck into you and like you hear like the doctor saying that you're not doing good. Mm-hmm. A lot, like it's like a, like something wakes up inside of you. And it's like, you got to do stuff. You know, I was praying and everything. And my, I think my, my brother Dukon for um, being there with me mentally, spiritually, and just praying for me because I really thought that I was going to die in that room. Mm-hmm. Because when he, when the doctor said, you know, you're not doing too good, you know, here's a waiver, you know, um, to sign for yourself uh, if you want to be in, what, what are the, the respirator, if you want to be yeah. in, taking care of like that. And I told the doctor, like, you know what? No, I'm going to sign up for my parents and what they want to do because I don't know what to do. And that just like, like hearing that just made me want to get out of that room because I have a daughter. I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a separated myself. Um, my baby mama, she's undoing her own thing and I'm doing my own thing, but we still have my daughter. And I was like, yeah. you know, I gotta, I gotta beat this. So, that just made me get more um, spiritual with myself and mm-hmm. get myself back on track and like trying to, you know, beat this, which I did. And I got out of the hospital and I changed a lot of things, man. I changed a lot of like mental things, you know, with my daughter and like wanting to spend more time with her because, you know, life is never given, man. You just, you can just go like that and you have like a lot of opportunities and stuff like that for me. And, um, like with, you now with COVID, like you said, like it changes a lot. Like I said, it's, it changes your, your body. Um, it changes your mind cause everybody was separated. Um, it's just, you had to, you know, wear the mask all the time and you just, it was like a scared feeling because people were out, people were out there, you know, buying toilet paper for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you never heard of a washcloth? Yeah. 
I think that I think the natives were the only ones not running out there for for toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, I was. I mean, uh, I was like, <laughs> I was like more scared of getting the the cold and like um, I didn't know that you know it was gonna you're free gonna shit yourself to death or some shit. That's when you need yeah. toilet paper or something. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the um, the COVID for me, um, you know, during that time, uh, you know, me and the wife weren't weren't doing too good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then right when COVID hit, I had surgery, my leg surgery. So um, I was down. I couldn't work right when COVID hit. So um, yeah. I didn't have, you know, we weren't doing too good. I didn't have a lot of money, couldn't really work. And um you know, it takes a toll. And, um, you know, the wife started drinking, I started drinking, you know, the alcohol kind of took over us. Mm. And, um, when it was time to wake up from the COVID, you know, cause I felt like everyone was asleep during COVID, you know what I mean? Mm. We all went into our own little worlds. We weren't living in the real world. We were living in our own little worlds. And when it was time to wake up, you know, I woke up and started um, started providing again and started doing everything I had to do. Um, and unfortunately, she didn't. You know, she stayed drinking and and it just uh, it was hard to watch alcohol take her over, you know, and it's pretty much fully taken her over now. You know, she. Oh, man we're not together, you know, uh, I yeah. have all the kids and, uh, just, you know, the alcohol has, you know, taken a toll on her and it's, it hurts me, you know, because at one time I really, really had so much love for this woman. And, um, you know, every day it dwindles, every day it dwindles, it dwindles more, mm-hmm. but, um, that's where the depressions, you know, started kicking in. Cause you know, it was just so hard to watch, to watch my wife's demise. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, my life has never been the same since, uh, we were in Oregon at that time and I had the most beautiful house lived next to, uh, uh, the Deschutes river. Um, we had like 30 acres of land that we were living on and we were just living a dream, but, you know, it, it just wasn't enough, you know, uh, the booze was more important. Um, mm. you know, other things were going on too, but, um, I'm sure you get the gist of it. What comes with alcohol, Yeah. you know, everything else kind of follows. Mm. And, um, I fell into a state of depression, you know, out there and, you know, I, I wanted to, I wanted to end my life at that time. Yeah. Um, I went down to the river and I sat on the edge I had it planned out and I had uh, pulled out a gun and I, I put it up, you know, toward my mouth and I was sitting there like this. Mm -hmm. It was a three fifty seven, And so right when I picked it up to do it, I heard my daughter behind me. She said, dad, are we still going fishing? And I put it down and I was like, I just said, thank you. Because when I was sitting at the river, I was talking and I was, you know, talking to the creator and I was asking him, uh, I need a sign, you know, is this it? Is this what my life is? You know, trying to make, you know, trying to make, spend the rest of my life trying to make 
my partner behave. You know what I mean? It's kind of what I was doing, you know? Wow. Chasing off men, chasing off, you know, it's just, it was, it was so awful. Mm -hmm. I can't even describe how bad it was. It was the most horrible thing I've ever been through in my life. And I just didn't want to be here no more. And I asked the creator, I said, show me a sign, show me a sign. And I sat on the edge of that bank and I made sure that if I shot myself, I would fall in the water and go downstream. And just as I put it in my mouth, um, my daughter came behind me and says, dad, are we still going fishing? I'm sorry. I kind of get choked up yeah. telling the story. And um, <clears throat> hold on real quick. Um, so that was a sign for me. So I just kind of tucked, tucked the gun underneath a, a bush and we went and, and we went fishing, you know, and, um, I still remember, um, you know, leaving that house. It was for some people, it was like a dream home for me. It was a dream that turned into a nightmare and, you know, I was really depressed and, and it was hard, you know, I yeah. thought I needed therapy. I thought I needed to go to the hospital. I thought I needed a lot of things, you know, mm -hmm. and a lot of men out there go through this stuff every single day. And they, we feel like nobody cares, you know, or nobody, we can't talk to anybody. We're not allowed to cry. We're not allowed to do things, you know, we're yeah. supposed to be tough. And um, I was just grateful that my, my daughter showed up and saved my life and, you know, I'm here today because of her. Yeah. So I, I moved, we moved back. And um, unfortunately, the things that she was doing out there didn't stop in Albuquerque. So we went our separate ways and we tried maybe twice since we moved back home to make it work in New Mexico. And it just, I'm just a different guy, man. I like to, I like to go to work, come home and chill, mm. you know, um, I just have no desire to drink alcohol. Yeah. I have no desire to be at the bar. I have no desire for any of that. You know, I just like going to the gym, spending time with my kids and things like that. Yeah. And um, pretty much, you know, alcohol had tore us apart, you know, and it tears apart a lot of, lot of lives across America. Yeah. You no, know, for me, man, like, you know, I lost my brother last, last year and like he was an alcoholic too. And, and uh that really hurt me a lot because i started drinking heavy i started like even josh knows like i would play video games with him and i'll be drunk and like just talking about random things and just like mm. like just slurring my words all the time and just acting a fool of myself and you know that it, it does alcohol is like it hurts it hurts bad when you drink it and you know you want to stop but you know something inside of you just like you know take one more drink you know and it just it, for me man it's like it's i had to stop i had to, I, I tell this story too man like i had to stop i looked at myself in the mirror and my hair was like all messed up and i had to go to work and i was like hung over and everything and i just seen like the the different side of me that day of looking in the mirror and seeing my my bloodshot eyes and just saying like no i gotta stop i can't I can't go on like this. There's too much that is at stake right now. My podcast, there's people depending on me. Um, yeah. I have my daughter. I just don't want this liquid, this fire water to, to uh, damage what I 
what I've um, put my heart and soul in in this podcast. Mm -hmm. And I know like for you, you know, you're, you're a strong guy. You're, you know, what do you say? It's, um, it's making you a better person when you stop drinking alcohol and I've stopped. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, I stopped, but, uh, I put some stuff in there to, um, I know it's not good, but I drink a lot of soda and Mm -hmm. I, I I think I just replaced the alcohol with soda. Yeah. It's a vice. You got to have a vice. Yeah. A lot of people don't understand that. They're like, well, why are you, why can't you stop? I'm like, it's either this or booze, pick one. Yeah. (laughs) So there's no shame. For me, it's, it's chips, brother, potato chips. I'm like Mm -hmm. a crackhead for potato chips. I can't. But it's either potato chips or booze. You know what I mean? When I get upset or whatever, I do, I eat potato chips. I know it sounds funny to some people, but, and you know, it's like your soda thing. It's, it's our vice. It's what we choose to do instead of drinking. Yeah. I mean, I try to drink like sparkling water. I mean, that's been working too. And I try to been drink. I try to drink like the the um, the healthy energy drinks, um, the C four energy drinks. Yeah. And um, I try to do well. I haven't worked out in a while. Um, mm-hmm. Ever since like you know with the COVID and everything that you know just shut down the gyms and everything. Yeah. Um, I haven't been into the gym in a long time. And this motherfucker flies killing me. <laughs> <laughs> People wouldn't think I'm on drugs or something. Look at this guy twitching. <laughs> I'm a stink. They say flies are attracted to shit. So, God dang. Part of my French. Dang, Josh. Better get that flies water. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dang, use that beanie. But, yeah, the... um. <laughs> What I, what I want, what I, you know, for the listeners, if there's listeners out there who, who are drinking, who do drink, yeah, you know, I would like to, I would like to challenge them mm. to give me one month and you could, you could friend me, you can add me. I mean, hopefully you can put my stuff down here in a link. Yeah. I'll be in there. Um, they could friend me and add me, send me a picture when you stop the day you stopped and 30 days after. I challenge anybody who's drinking or on drugs or whatever um, just to uh, stop for one month, mm. one month, and tell me how that changed your life. Mm. Because if you could stop drinking for one month, you could stop, period. There's no, there's nothing. And, and you know how it is. Mm. Once you stop, you know, it's, it's, it's you want to go back and you will go back. You'll, you'll, you know, you'll go back and do a little research and, you know, I've, I think in the past couple years, in the past year or so, I probably drank three times. Yeah. You know, we slip up. It's what happens, but you know, it, it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not perfect. You know, I'm not sitting here with my nose in the air, but I challenge any of the listeners to stop drinking for one month, just one month and tell me how your life feels afterwards tell me that your depression level has gone down you know because sometimes it's not even about working out it's not even about fitness or anything like that it's just about finding yourself and you cannot find yourself with alcohol yeah you cannot um how do you say you can't stop the bleeding you cannot stop the bleeding with alcohol you only make it worse you make your sadness worse you make your depression worse. You if you're if you're fighting with your wife, you make that worse. You make your kids hate you if you have kids, and you make your family resent you. 
you know so um hopefully uh, one of at least one of our challenge one of our listeners will take my challenge and uh, whoever makes it 30 days i'll send you a shirt oh yeah i mean those are dope, dope shirts man check out his uh instagram guys Got oh it. man dude but <laughs> this dang flies i know there's just one. <laughs> oh, there's just one yeah there's just one okay thought it was like in a like those swarm of flies just attacking you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But dude, like, yeah, man, like, um, with depression and everything, like, I don't, ah, man, like, I try to, like, um, do, like, meditations. Um, uh-huh. I, got, I got into that, um, after, well, this would be, be, um, before I stopped drinking and I'm on, I'm on my sobriety right now. But like I said, mm-hmm. I have those urges to drink soda and sparkling water and shit like that. Yeah. But exactly. I, yeah, I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta do something. Like I start, I have to get my mind right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started doing, looking up meditations, guided meditations, um, yeah, listening yeah. to like, um, like motivation podcasts, motivation speakers and stuff like that. And what they talk about, you know, really, really, uh, touches something in myself of, you know, being a better person and a better father and a better friend, you know, for people that know me, um, they reach out to me and talk to me and we always like chop, chop it up and everything. But it's, it's been pretty, it's been a, like a wild journey to when you stop drinking too. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you have people that see you drink and that, um, party with you and they want to see that again. And they keep reaching you or trying to talk to you out of it. And it's like, no, man, just have a drink and, you know, just come out, come on to the bar and I'll buy a beer for you or buy something for you and everything. And that was hard for me because I have a friend that that do that to me, you know. Yeah, definitely. It's like, hey, let's go to the bar. Let's talk. And and they're trying to buy me a drink and stuff. I'm like, no, I got to quit, dude. I can't do it. And then they'll start, like, talking shit to you. And yeah. And it's just like, you know, why are you giving me that alcohol? You know, you're, you're fine the way you are. You just, you know, need to slow down. I was like, no, nah, I got to, I got to stop. You know, he's like, uh, you know, just people like that, that your friends will do that to you. Even family members will do that to you mm-hmm. that want you to be where they're at, you know? Yeah, definitely. Misery, misery needs company mm-hmm. always. So that's for me, uh, brother. I I can't be peer pressured, man. I'm I'm the I'm the youngest out of all the brothers. Yeah, I'm fucking immune to peer pressure. If I drink, mm-hmm. I chose to drink. Nobody can make me drink. Mm-hmm. It's my choice, and uh, you know. Yeah. Like I said, I grew up being peer pressured. <laughs> <laughs> I was the believe it or not, I was the I'm the littlest guy out of all my brothers. Oh yeah, me and you, like uh, you're the youngest. I'm the yeah, youngest so too. It's, we're immune. I'm immune to that. You can't call me and tell me, "Oh, come on, come on." Nope, that shit don't work. Mm-hmm. But if, you know, if I choose to pick up the bottle or or beer or whatever I do, you know, that's my choice. Yeah. And I I have a you know like you said, have fun. You know, I there's a guy. Hopefully, you guys never meet him. They call him Tim the Tank. <laughs> Tim the Tank's <laughs> oh, a lot of fun. Dang. But Tim the Tank is also a very dangerous, reckless person. That's yeah. who I turn into when I drink. Mm. I turn into that guy. Yeah, he's fun. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's a good guy to be around. But you know what? Sober Tim's pretty cool, too. 
Mm-hmm. You know, sober Tim is fun to be around too, you know? Yeah. So a lot of people are like, come on, Tim the Tank. We missed Tim the Tank. I'm like, I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, Tim the Tank was broke all the time. Yeah. You know, Tim the Tank was, was you know, doing drugs and alcohol. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I, um, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm recovering now. You know, I, I, I never considered myself an alcoholic, mm-hmm. but I was told that that's how I have to say it. That, yeah, yes, I, I am recovering. I never really like woke up and needed, need, needed it to go to function. Yeah. But you know, it, it was hard to stop. So I guess you could say I was an alcoholic, but I also, um, dabbled quite a bit in narcotics as well mm-hmm. so you know i'm not gonna sit here and act goody two shoes you know yeah um but by the time i had my third beer and i didn't already called the uh you know the cocaine man he's on his way mm, man. and um you know i'm not proud of that but for me to sit here and be honest with you shows you what kind of man i am yeah you know and uh i'm glad that that guy's gone Hey man, that takes I'm a glad lot, that dude. Tim the Tank is gone. You know, yeah. For me, being honest is better than anything because there's somebody listening who says, "You know what? I do the same. I do the same shit. Yeah. I get drunk and because I get drunk and turn into a demon, bro. You know, we all do. Mm. Just like you, you you were drunk playing your video games. You probably thought you were funny, but you didn't sound you weren't funny at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. We just we just turn into dumbasses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, each each and every one of us know who we turn into when we drink. We're either violent or we don't know when to quit or, you know, we dabble in our narcotics or we do all three. So for me, I don't know when to quit. And then the narcotics kick in. Yeah. So um, it's just one of those things, man. You know, everybody has gone through that in, in their lives and um I'm not proud of it, but I'd rather be honest so I can help whoever is listening. Yeah. You know what I mean? To say, hey, you know, this guy, you know, loved to party. He loved to snort massive amounts of cocaine, you know, women, everything. You know, I had a problem with women, too. And, you know, I, I just I just put that guy to bed, you know. Yes. Um, my uncle told me this while I was being that guy. He looked me in my eyes and he said, every time you drink you slap your kids in the face. And I was just like, Whoa, nobody's ever told me that before, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think twice a lot about drinking, you know, mm-hmm. because drinking causes depression, drinking causes sadness. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you can attest to that, you know, drinking causes a lot of different things. Yes, it does, man. I mean, like we had, like we have like the same similarities, man. Cause like with the, you know, you turn into the demon and for me, the same thing, you know, but yeah. and that demon turns into like a, a charming demon and just be everybody's friend and wants them to drink. Yeah. 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 I know what you're talking about, bro. I mean, yeah, they love Tim the Tank buys, but dude, I'd be ringing a bell at the bar, buying everybody beers. Oh man, Tim's fucking awesome. Yeah. I wake up in the morning. They don't wake up with me in the morning when I'm broke. Yeah, and I don't have money and I spent all my grocery money. You know, they just love the guy that buys shots and buys rounds and, you know, overindulges in things. And, mm-hmm. You know, you know, what's crazy is nobody ever stopped me. Not even my wife. Mm-hmm. When we were married, I she never stopped me. You know what I mean? And to me, 
I always took that personally because you're supposed to be the one looking out for me. Yeah. You know, and you're there kind of spoon feeding me shit. So, you know, I always took that in a, I took that personal for a while, you know, but I can't, I can't help, but Mm -hmm. you know, I can't be mad at her because I created her the monster that is, I created the monster, you know? Yeah. Um, so this is kind of another subject, but you know, people say, Oh, I married my best friend. You know, I want to marry my best friend, you know, and, 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 um, you know, this is, these are the truest words I'm ever going to say, you know, no, you don't, you don't, you know, I, I heard somebody say something similar to this, but the, these, these are kind of his words, but kind of mine, you know, you don't start bank accounts with your best friend, you know, you don't, you don't bang your best friend, you know, you don't have children with your best friend, you know, mm-hmm. you have to treat your wife on a higher level than your best friend. So I don't believe in that. I married my best friend bullshit. Cause to me, that's bullshit. Yeah. You're supposed to treat your wife better than your best friend. And, um, I bought, I bought into that. I, um, I would get home from work and go to the bar and I'd get bitched at. So I had this bright idea. Boom. If I bring her with me, I won't get yelled at, um, you know, I yeah. turned my wife into my drinking buddy. Um, which is probably the fucking dumbest thing anybody could do. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, we indulged in, in, in extracurricular activities and what I talked in earlier in the cocaine, you know, everything we indulged. And there's one thing that I was born with the gift. I was born with the gift to turn that shit off. I can turn it off and go to work. I can turn it off and go to the gym unfortunately she didn't have that gift to turn it off. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she just knows how to stay partying, you know, and, and stay live. And, and unfortunately she's still that way to this day, but you know, back to what I was talking about, you know, you're not supposed to do those things with your wife. And some of you are out there probably, you know, sitting there with your wife, drinking a beer, thinking that it's cool. You know, it's not, it's not cool, man. It's not cool to party and, and do, do crazy shit like that with your wife. You know, you're a native woman is sacred. You know, you're supposed to treat her a special way. And unfortunately I failed to do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I created a monster, you know, um, and now I have to live with that, you know? Yeah. Um, so as far as our divorce and everything, you know, most men in America won't do this, but I take 90% of that responsibility. Maybe that's a little too much responsibility, but I, I take that because it's my fault for telling her it was okay to party, you know? Mm. And then when I felt like I was time to stop, she didn't, but it was my fault for creating that. You know what I mean? I should have honored her better. I should have put her on a different pedestal. You know, I should have treated her better. But as as you know, and as Josh knows, there's no one to look up to in the Native community to show us these things. Mm. You know, Grandpa might be a little too old. But for me, all my uncles, they're all drunks and alcoholics. I don't have one uncle that amounted to anything. You know, I'm sorry to, to say that, all the yeah. uncles. 
They all still drink. They all still do drugs, you know, and that's what I, that's who I was taught. I was taught by, by them. You know, my uncles put that cocaine in my, in my hands. You know, I still remember the day he handed me the CD. He was going to gather nations. Take it boy. You know, I was scared of him and I did it. And they were laughing at me. I think it was like ninth grade, I think eighth grade, one of them. And, you know, that was the first time I was introduced to the devil, you know, and I've I've always had a taste for it ever since. Mm. I'm not proud of that. But also, like I said, our role models are not doing their fucking job. Yeah, that's why I am who I am now. That's why I try to be that big buff native. I don't remember buff natives when I was growing up. I don't remember one buff native growing up. I don't remember big guys, you know, I, I had never had one guy say, come on, you need to go to the gym, put that booze down, put that weed down, you know, let's go work out. Let's go work on some jump shots. Cause I was really into basketball. I never had one uncle do that for me. They were always pushing alcohol and booze and, um, you know, drugs on me. And I thought it was cool. I thought they were cool. And, you know, as I came to found, find out, you know, it wasn't cool. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why I am who I am now. You know, I want to show my kids, hey, you know, dad doesn't drink. Dad goes to the gym. Dad works hard. And, you know, hopefully people can see that and see that, you know, hey, let's let's get to the gym and let's try to be positive. Like like, you know, like Tim does, you know, Um, I try. I'm not perfect, but I'm trying. Yeah. You know, as listeners, have you tried? You know, as a listener out there, have you guys tried to be that positive person? You know, are you smoking weed around the youngsters? Are you drinking beer around the youngsters? You know, are they selling drugs for you? You know, things like that. You got to think about that shit. You will affect somebody all the way up. You know, Robin, you remember who gave you your first beer? You know, you remember who gave you your first shot? You know, I don't know if it was your uncle or not, but it was somebody you probably looked up to. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's the stigma for today is, is the alcohol. And, you know, that's what was pushed on me. Mm-hmm. And to this day, in a way, I still have a little hatred toward my uncles for that because they're still doing the shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They haven't grown up yet. And um, so I, you know, I want to show my kids something different, you know? Yeah. That, that's what I do. You know, I want kids to, to, to be like, man, that guy's fucking huge. You know, how did you get buff? You know, how did you get there? And it, it didn't happen overnight. You know, it took a long time for me to, to get where I'm at. And I'm still not. I mean, there's guys out there in way better shape than me. But like like I said earlier, I'm trying, mm-hmm. you know, and that's all you can do in this world is try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Like another thing, too, like that's a big similarity to me, too, because I'm the youngest. And, um, I remember, um, I was first introduced to alcohol from my older brothers and I used, <laughs> I knew how to drive when I was like 12 years old because I had to, mm-hmm. be D, I had to be the DD or, um, 14 years old, 13 years old. Yeah. I had to be driving around and they would teach me the rules while they were drunk and yeah. just driving around, driving them around. And, you know, it was kind of hard, you know, cause looking up to these guys that were, that taught me how to be tough. You know, you had to be tough. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. Yeah. You had to be tough. You had to, you know, fight, fight all the fucking time of 
to people that you don't even know, you know, that mm-hmm. they're, they're, that they're wearing the wrong color, blue or red or black or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It causes a fight. And I didn't understand that as a kid. I didn't understand. That. All I knew was fight and drink. And I think that was like the, one of the things that just, it made me realize that when I was in jail and for fighting and drinking and graffiti, and I tried to look for other outlets that could help me in my depression and just to, to be myself and art helped me Art just like, was like really there for me when I was depressed, when I had anxiety, I just put my self to work on that paper and put my expression of myself on that paper. And that really took me away of seeing the things that were around me of like my brothers passed out or, you know, just like my friends like trying to get a hold of me and, and talk to me and, you know, to buy him alcohol or to go out and, and uh, do graffiti on stuff. And that, that art, pad, the art pad just really, um, diary, like a diary of my thoughts and yeah, how I feel. And it's just like, um, like the listeners out there, you know, you had to find that outlet to leave that person behind because you, it can be music. It could be lifting weights. It could be art. It could be dancing. It could be driving. Just go out and just cruise and listen to the music but you just have to find that outlet for you to get out of. And for me, like me and Tim were the youngest and we had to, we have too much for us right now. And I have like my podcast cause my podcast too saved me too. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, I like I just barely got off, got on my uh, sobriety and, you know, thinking about my podcast for my future. And uh, I'm just like, I had to really think hard on what I want to be successful for me, myself and my life. And, um, for people that are listening, you know, you have to find that as well. And once you find that you, you know, you can go, you can go through your obstacles like nothing. I know there'll be obstacles for you when it's hard, but you just have to power through it, you know, just to, just for yourself to be healthy. You know, for my body right now, I'm, I got to go back to the gym because this is like nine years, nine years of depression, nine years of depression and anxiety. And I got to hit the gym. And mm-hmm. I remember at a time I was playing football, you know, I was active, skateboarding, uh, doing Muay Thai, doing boxing. And I just stopped because I was too depressed. And now yeah. like I'm getting out of it. I'm getting out of that depression and I got to hit the gym like the first step was to stop drinking. Now it's starting to look at myself and be like, all right, who, who do I want to see in the mirror? Yeah, definitely. And so I have to start working out. That's the next step. So with like with Tim and Josh, um, what helps you like get out of that funk, get out of that mindset and to the youth, like to that's listening right now, what would you tell them? when they're feeling depression, anxiety, and like have to prove themselves to other people. Well, the the first thing, the first thing I would say is this is step one. If you're feeling down, um, you're feeling like shit. The first thing is, Oh, I need a beer. 
don't be around people who are drinking or who drink. Go the other fucking direction. That's step one. Because if you're down and somebody says, let's go to the bar, what are you going to say? Let's go. You know what I mean? Or if you're down and and somebody says, you know, let's go have a beer or whatever, you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. So the step one is to eliminate yourself from the crowd, from the herd. Okay, I'm not saying to seclude yourself. I'm just saying don't hang out with the drinkers or anyone who drinks. That's step one. And, you know, step two is you have to find, as you mentioned earlier, you got to find an outlet. Your outlet, um, whether it be, like you said, art, um, music. You know, uh, I know, uh, like my girlfriend, she hikes a lot. She loves to hike. She's also an artist. Um, So... You know, things like that. You have to find an outlet. It doesn't have to be the gym. It doesn't have to be fitness. It could be, for me, believe it or not, cooking helps me. You know, I, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I can cook pretty damn good. Mm. <laughs> so, you that. know, you got to find that thing. Um, and it could be spending time with your kids. Um, there's so many things. Working on your car. There's something out there. I, there's not one person that can say, Oh man, I don't have, I don't have an outlet bullshit. Every single person has an outlet. Mm. You know, every single person has a way to let go of what they're holding on to. And there are ways and there's people out there. I, I don't know if you guys knew this, but if you dial nine, eight, eight in your phone, it'll take you to the suicide hotline. If you text nine, eight, eight, somebody will text you back. Put that in the link down there, brother, 988. Mm. And um, I don't think a lot of people knew that, but um, it's something I learned with my research. And, and yes, I have called them, you know. So if anybody thinks that I'm that I look down on them, no, I've called them, yeah. 988. But as far as that, let's go back to the steps. Getting away from the elements, the bad elements, the drinkers, you have to get away from them. Uh, step two is to find your outlet and step three um you know if you're native you know if i we have a lot of native listeners listeners pray go burn that cedar burn that sage i know your grandma or somebody taught you how to pray you know i was raised in in the city i wasn't raised around here in oklahoma i was raised in albuquerque new mexico but i was taught to pray i was taught to burn that cedar so that's number three. If you don't want to burn cedar, if you have to go to church, that's fine. Nobody's frowning upon you for going to church. You know, you have to be you have to be mentally sound, physically sound, spiritually sound, and emotionally sound. Emotions are a big deal in everything that you're going through. You have to control your emotions. Mm. If you can control your emotions. You just about already won. And let me tell you what, emotions are hard to control. Even for somebody like me. Um, somebody flips you off on the road. What's your first reaction? Anger. You know what I mean? You got to control that shit, man. You got to control that anger, man. Um, you know, your, your, your woman left or, you know, you lost a family member. The first thing you want to do is drink. Or, you know, you want to you want to drown your sorrows away. You've got to try to control that emotion. Emotions play a big part in everything that you do. 
you know, right now, personally, you know, Robin, my, my son, he's in the hospital right now. Mm-hmm. I came down from Oklahoma City just for you. He's in the hospital right now in OU Children's Medical. Oh. And um, he's got to learn how to walk and talk all over again. So, yeah. but I, I, you know, I, I um, learned to control my emotions and come down and talk to everyone else. So, you know, everybody's going through battles. Josh yeah. right here is going through something. You're going through something, Robin. Every one of our listeners are going through something. You have to learn how to control those emotions. Once you learn how to control your emotions, man, you're good to go. And if you have enough gumption to wipe your ass, you can control your emotions. If you can feed yourself, you can control your emotions. If you can get a drink of water, you can control your emotions. We're just taught how to drown our sorrows. You know, I know I used to do it all the time. I thought it was funny. Let's have a beer, you know, fuck that bitch. We're going to, you know, drown your sorrows. And it's fun for a little bit, but when you wake up from that hangover, you're more depressed and more sad. So, you know, control the emotions, get away from the crowd, find the outlet and pray. Pray Mm. to whoever you got to pray to. Allah, uh, Muhammad, Jesus, whoever you got, the creator. Yeah. You know, whoever you got to pray to, pray to them. You know, once you get those four things lined up and you will know when you get them lined up, um, things will change. Everything will get better. If you're out there and you feel like you're at your lowest, just know it's going to get better. Mm. It will get better. Everything will pass. You know, when it's raining out here and the tornado sirens are going off, it's not going to stay like that. It's going to pass. Yeah. So, you know, but those are the things, you know, that's how, that's how I deal with stuff. So, you know, I don't know if you want to chime in, Josh. You hear me say it all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, another thing um, for me, when I go to the gym, I, um, I leave it there. You know, I, I, I had a good conversation with my girlfriend about this. When I'm doing a lift, she sees my face change. Yeah. I get, I travel to that place and I push the big, the heavy lifts and, and I get really zoned out when I leave that negative energy there. <clears throat> I don't take it home with me. You know what I mean? That's an outlet. That's what's called an outlet. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes I can't make it to the gym. I get on my Harley. I go for a ride. That's my outlet, you know? So, you know, leaving it there, you know, I don't know if a lot of listeners understand what that means, but whatever is going, whatever you're going through, you know, you have to find a way to let it out and leave it there. Don't take it home with you, you know, take that out to the mountains, hike it off, you know, work it out, um, you know, put it inside your art. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm here at Josh's place and there's so much art everywhere you know, that can tell that that's one of his outlets. There's so many outlets in life. Um, you know, you just got to find the outlet that works for you. And fortunately for me, the gym works for me, mm. but it doesn't always work. Sometimes I have to do other things. Yeah, man. I mean, dude, you just said it all. I said it all. What I was about to say too, because it, you know, it's, it's hard. I know it's hard and life is hard. But it's up yeah. to us to make that decision to get back up and to go back on the road again. 
and the road that we're on, you know, with depression, dude, we just have to just uh, tighten up our butt cheeks and keep going. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Cause like, it's like what this, um, my mom, uh, this one, um, uh, lady told her one time, I guess, like she was hearing like, um, some of our youth, um, they were helping out and everything. And mm-hmm. I remember hearing this kid and I was there as a kid and this kid was like, you know, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. And she's like, no, you're not tired. The only time that you get to rest is when you're six feet under. Mm-hmm. And it's true. It goes yeah, with a lot yeah, of things. That's deep right there. That's pretty deep. Yeah. And so like, you know, with depression, uh, I like to tell everybody that everything that Tim just said will be in the show notes below of this episode. You know, we talked about a lot of um, spiritual stuff and depression and how to get out of it. And, you know, we just have to just keep moving and pray, like he said, um, with Tim. And just to just to recap, man, like, you know, I'm really, really blessed that you're here, really blessed. And I'm really praying for your 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 your, your son. And I hope he gets better and like he will get better, you know, with with strength and prayer. And I really and um, now you're part of the class of Wolf family, man. And I really appreciate you for being here and having your time here at this on the show. And I appreciate uh, it. Honored. Yeah. And um, yeah, we're going to close it off right there, brother. And okay. and um, yeah, bro, do you would you like to uh, have the pleasure of sharing your. Your, where people can find you well yeah um hopefully you could uh, put my links down on the bottom here yeah um it's big tim underscore comanche warrior on instagram and on facebook it's just tim johnson mm-hmm. and um you know uh, feel free to add me um if we don't have mutual friends send a message and say you know this is so and so from a from the classic wolf podcast and then and i'll add you mm-hmm. um just as long as you don't get weird <laughs> 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 but um yeah if, if you can um you, you could find me and hopefully um you know we'll, we'll have the little links in the bio and all that mm-hmm. and um you know for me i just want to tell everybody all the listeners um i shared a piece of me i shared i shared something that i haven't shared in a long time and it felt good to release some of that you know mm-hmm. i haven't talked to a lot of people about what happened in my marriage um, uh, the things that I used to do when I drank, you know, and me committing, almost committing suicide, you know, a lot of people don't know that about me, Yeah, you know, on, on, on Facebook, it looks like we have everything together, but we don't. So I want everybody to remember 988, call it or text it. If you're feeling you need to speak with somebody and, um, Again, I'm honored. I'm honored to be here. I appreciate, uh, you know, you asking me to be on a podcast. And anytime you need me to come back and talk about other subjects, man, mm-hmm. I'll be here. Yep. Hopefully next time will be much cooler than where you're at right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little hot. It's a little warm. <laughs> but you guys, like, like if follow him, man. Follow him on Instagram and Facebook and follow Joshua Lee Boyd and his dead capital productions and follow me as well on Instagram. That is nightwing Rob. That's N I J H T W I N G R O B B with the class of Wolf podcast. And also follow my Facebooks 
um, Robin Jackson and the Class of Wolf podcast. And also follow my um, my homie and myself, um, Instagram and uh, Facebook, and uh, follow us. It's the Turtle Island Boys. We're shooting that and shooting the shit on that. So go follow that as well. And much love to you guys. Much love for Tim and much love to Josh and everybody else out there. And remember, man, support your friends and remember to, you know, somebody out there is crying for help. You just have to be there for them. And I'm going to leave it at that. Much love to you guys. See you guys next week. Peace.